Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Well, Merry Christmas. My name is uh, Andrew, and I'm one of the pastors here. And um, on behalf of our whole team here, we just want to sincerely wish you a Merry Christmas. And um, I was thinking about uh, this evening, I'm just going to grab my Bible from over here. I was thinking about this evening, and um, I I mentioned yesterday um, in church, I, I mentioned that One of the most dreaded traditions in our home was um, opening up the book of Matthew and beginning to read through 17 verses of genealogies and names that nobody could pronounce. And I was just chuckling to myself because now that I'm a dad, it's actually like, I actually, I enjoy my children squirming as they're staring at the presents. And I don't know if you're like me, and when the last time you tried to pronounce a whole bunch of Bible names from 2,000 years ago, but um, you know what's a great exercise for, uh, for Christmas is to start reading Matthew chapter 1 and just really enunciate, just take your time and enunciate the names and uh, see what kind of faces start showing up on your children as you're enunciating these crazy long names. Usually what happens is we start off really well and we're, we're uh, really diligent to pronounce them good, and then about five verses in, we start to get impatient, like I am just flipping through my Bible, waiting to get to the right part. And uh, then we just start to kind of speed up the rhythm a little bit. By the time we're in verse 17 of Matthew, we're not even, we're just saying, and so-and-so did such-and-such and went to such-and-such a place and had a good time and everybody opened their presents, amen, right? So um, tonight, we're not going to cover those 17 verses. And this is taking, it literally it's like I'm going one page at a time here. So we're not going to start with the first 17 verses, but I mentioned yesterday that those names and that genealogy is extremely important as a context setter for the story of Jesus's birth. And the reason the writer added those 17 verses of genealogy was to validate and point out the reality that Jesus was a real person who came from a real family, lived in a real period of history, and was, in fact, who he said he was. That we're not talking about some um, literary, um, you know, fiction here. We're talking about a real person who actually walked on the earth, came from a real nation, a real family, real people. And Matthew goes to great lengths to, to underscore that Jesus was real. Wasn't just a figment of beautiful poetry or alliteration, that he was a real person. The second reason that that genealogy isn't there is to underscore that God always has a bigger picture going on. That 
in the midst of the reality of what Jesus walked through in his everyday life, God had a bigger mission for him, a larger and more grand assignment for him. The third thing that that genealogy uncovers for us is Matthew goes to great lengths to underscore this reality that Jesus was the end, the end of everything that the human race had been striving against and struggling with with sin and the beginning of something new with God. Jesus marked the ending of thousands of years of struggle and the beginning of a totally new era, a new epoch, a new opportunity to walk in relationship with God. If you have a Bible with you, um, you can turn with me to the book of Matthew. We're gonna skip the first 17 verses. Uh, You can read those tonight to your kids. I would just love to see some of those Instagram stories of your children's faces. Um, Let's uh, start in verse 18 of Matthew chapter one. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Chapter two, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, He was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea for it is written by the prophet and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I just wanna stop there just for a moment I was reflecting on this this last week, and I actually heard another preacher, I was watching an Instagram story of another preacher, and he said something that really caught my attention. And I've never thought about it this way, and it's just gotten me thinking. He said, these wise men, they knew enough to get to the city of Jerusalem, but they actually had to dig into the word to find Jesus himself. They could get close, they could get real close, but with what they brought to the table, they needed a greater source 
a higher authority to bring them right to the baby Jesus. They needed the word of God that was revealed through thousands of years of history to get right into the presence of Jesus. And I was just thinking so often in our lives, it's the same way we can get close. We can do our best to be good people and kind people and we can do our best to be charitable and generous and we can do our best to do all of these things, but that will only take us so far. If we really want to find the answers that we're looking for, if we really want to find out what our purpose is and what our calling is and what our identity is, then we need to actually unlock that in the Word. We need to actually go to the Word to discover very specifically why God has even created us and wired us to do what he's invited us to do. And I just, I was just sensing this week, uh, just a, a reminder from God. Say, Andrew, you can get close, but without Jesus, you'll never get there. Without Jesus leading you, directing you, you might get close, but you'll never find exactly what you're looking for. These wise men, they were not Christian men. These were sorcerers, astrologers, from a foreign land. These were men who had spent their whole lives studying the stars and the planets. And all of this endeavor for their whole life led them close, but not exactly to where God wanted them to be to fulfill his calling on their life, his divine assignment in their life. And so these men, they come. In verse seven it says, Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until they came to rest over the place where the child was. Have you ever thought about this? That their whole journey was at night? They traveled by the light of that star at night. Have you ever thought that maybe in your life, the times exactly when God wants to lead you are the times when you feel like it's pitch black and you don't know where you're going. When you have no reference point for what's happening around you, when you're frustrated or confused, you don't understand what's going on around you. These men were led to the presence of Jesus at night. There's this great and amazing principle in the Bible that God often uses darkness as a covering to reveal his glory. I was thinking about this today too, just thinking of my own life and those seasons where nothing seemed clear to me, where the direction forward just wasn't evident. And these are moments where God is inviting you to either step out in faith and follow him 
or shrink back in fear because of the night around you. But these men traveled at night following this star to the presence of Jesus. I wonder where God wants to lead you and I in those dark nights of our soul, in those moments where you don't know up from down or left from right, where you're perplexed and confused. I wonder where he really wants to lead us in some of those moments when we're crying out to him saying, God, I don't even know if you exist. I don't know if you're around. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you hear me. I don't know if you see me, but I'm struggling here. And it's in those moments that God actually wants to bring revelation and lead you to the place that he's inviting you to go. It says that when the star went before them, it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. I just, I love this picture that Matthew is painting for us. These astrologers, these wise men from a foreign land, they come to worship him, but their, their worship is bringing gifts to God. So they come with these gifts, but then when they encounter the presence of Jesus, when they encounter this significant little child, the gifts that they brought pale in comparison to the calling that they receive from God. And what's really interesting is they come thinking one thing and they leave doing another. They leave going a different way. They leave on a different course. At the threat of execution from the king, they have this newfound courage, this newfound desire to say, Jesus, would you lead us a different way? We came in thinking one thing and we left going to a different place. We came in thinking that that what we had to offer you, these gifts that we brought you, that they were significant in some way, But I just believe that God is saying, look, what you want to bring me is not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is your life, and I want to lead you to something new. I want to lead you home a different way than you came. I want to change your life, not just receive stuff from you. I want to change your life and send you into a new direction. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. As we close out our service together, I just feel like the word that's just been resonating in my mind and in my spirit is just new beginning. That it's actually, some of you have been looking and searching so desperately for a new beginning. And you may have come sort of close but you've never come fully there. And you may be in the vicinity, but you've never been able to grab it. And Jesus is saying, look, if you want a new beginning, 
then you have to make your way to me. And when you meet me, everything that you thought you carried that was significant, everything you've been building your life around becomes like nothing in my presence. It becomes like nothing in my presence because I want to do something so radical and new and different and powerful in your life that it will actually lead you in a totally different direction. That it'll give you the courage that you need to go a new way. These men had spent their life studying the stars, not understanding why probably. And their lifetime of achievement got them close but it was Jesus who changed their direction. And this Christmas, the invitation that God has for us is not to think of this Jesus as this frail little baby, helpless in a manger. That he was. Jesus was vulnerable and he chose to humble himself and he chose to enter our world as a an infant totally reliant on those around him. But he's not a helpless, weak little baby. He's a strong champion of heaven. And if you would actually let him, if you would be so bold, if you would dare to find your way to him. This child who grew up to give his life for the world, tortured on a cross, this baby who was helpless in a manger, became the man who changed the course of human history. Not so that we could struggle and strive and just make it by, but that so in his presence he could change the direction and the course of our life. He doesn't want you to just come close. He wants you to discover specifically and firsthand why you're on this earth and what he's empowered you to do. His invitation to you this Christmas, his invitation to me this Christmas is, would you trust me with your life? Would you trust me enough to find me and allow me to set a new direction and a new beginning and a new day for you? Let's stand together. I don't know where you come from or where you are on your spiritual journey, if you're not even there or if you feel like you were born in a church and you've never left. I'm not sure where you are on that spectrum. But the invitation of Jesus is the same for all of us. His invitation is, would you just allow me to work in your life? 
Would you surrender yourself to me and allow me to be the strength you need and the hope that you need and the joy that you need and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness you need? Would you allow what I did on the cross to be the grace you need? I don't know if you believe it or know it, but I believe that you were created for significance and for a purpose, that Jesus knows exactly who you are. He knows what your day has been like and what your week has been like and what your year has been like and whether you've been living through hell on earth. He knows it. I believe that he's called you and created you to live in strength and in victory to go a new way with a fresh start. The question is, would you have the humility to receive his help in your life? We're gonna sing a song that just talks about the name of Jesus, who he is and what he's done. And I just want to encourage you as we sing this song to reflect on this story of Christmas and these wise men who came thinking one thing, who came bringing one thing to Jesus and in a moment in his presence had their whole direction changed. The whole trajectory of their life changed because they made it to that baby. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.